0: Founders, welcome back to the Zero to 5,000 podcast, where we obsess over the convergence of human potential and business results. Today, our hosts, Drew McClure and Jordan Mitchell, have another insightful conversation for you. So let's jump right in.
1: Okay, founders, welcome back to the podcast. Today, we are joined by Nick Groot, owner and CEO of Safe Life Defense. Safe Life Defense makes body armor, tactical belts, and other protection products for police, EMS, security officers, and civilians. Known for having the most comfortable and protective armor in the industry, Safe Life Defense is the 282nd fastest growing company in America. After crowdfunding $15,000 for his business, Safe Life Defense took off. Nick is described as an action driven businessman, fearlessly taking risks, quickly adopting new technology and redefining the future of personal protection. We are pumped to host Nick on the podcast, so let's jump right in. Nick, thank you for being here, buddy.
0: Drew, thank you so much for having me here. And That was, that was quite the intro. Thank you. You're
1: welcome. You're welcome. All true. No, no BS. Uh, man, I'm so curious. What were the series of events that led you to starting this company?
0: Ooh, So I've been a lifelong entrepreneur. For as long as I can remember, I've always done my own thing. Um and with this one particular so in college I had started an online nightlife hosting company uh back when I when I lived in New York um and that went really well I started a limo service to go with it and moved out to Vegas as soon as I graduated after about a year or two uh it became very clear that just constant partying is not my thing um <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean it, it was a great time and I had a lot of fun and it, it got me to learn a lot about branding and how what people like, um, and I wanted to get back into products. Um, so what I did was I just started making things that I thought would be fun for myself, and I fell on body armor. The more and more I worked with that, the more I absolutely loved it. I saw an opening in the market and decided to just go for it. Um, and historically, I always just kind of go for things that I think would make me happy. Sometimes they work, and more often than not, they fail. Um, but that's that's part of it.
1: How in the world did you discover body armor? Like <laughs> that, is, so, that sounds so uh, random. How did you just go How'd you go from limousine? Or is that why? And with the with the nightlife, were you in some dangerous situations and needed some body armor? Like what happened?
0: No, I uh, I never. Well, there have been times, but that, that that I don't think that really had any effect on it. Um, officially. I went to uh, I went to college for criminal justice, and I wanted to be in law enforcement, FBI, CIA, whatever I ended up on. Um, but there came a time where I had to decide between that and business. And being a lifelong entrepreneur, I, I defaulted to that. I still have a very large passion for law enforcement, um, and I guess maybe subconsciously this was a way to be able to work within that industry and and really get back to what I thought my roots were going to be. Um, unofficially, it came to me after watching a Nicolas Cage movie about gun running or whatever it was. I was like, <laughs> oh, that looks cool. Like, I don't want to make guns or anything, but like, what what could I make? And I was like, body armor. Uh, so that kind of, I, I was inspired by a Nicolas Cage movie. And yes. Then it just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, so I, that's kind of where the product came from. But I'm so happy that it just ended up being where I wanted it to be anyway. So it's, it's really great.
1: Yeah, so okay. First off, I I am so excited that the the instigating event for your business was a Nicolas Cage movie. That's <laughs> that's the best. But once you have the idea, where do you go? Do you just start researching online body armor? What do you start to learn and discover that leads to this being an actual business you'd be excited to pursue?
0: So typically, anytime I start a business, the first thing I do um, is build a website. Now. Some people say that that's backwards, but when I start to build a website, it really starts to hone in the type of brand that I wanna be, what sort of products that I want, the features that I'm gonna put in there. Um, And it really helps set the platform for where that company will go, if it ever goes anywhere. Um, And sometimes I'll start websites and they'll just get picked up by random people from across the country. There's one time I was considering doing like a bikini car wash, it was just, like fun little website i put up like coming soon and all of a sudden like all these uh all these companies that all these production companies out of france were saying we want to come film where's you we want to come film you We want to do a documentary and this i'm like well i don't even do any of this yet um, but it's just funny when you when you put something out there things happen so I, I just really like jumping in and just if you just do something it it'll build
1: yeah uh, okay that's super interesting so you you always you have an idea you build a website first is is that somewhat of a one to flesh out your like a creative process that fleshes out your ideas but it sounds like it's also maybe a market test to see if there's demand
0: there i would say it's less of a market test and more of just kind of getting in and seeing if it's fun and something you enjoy kind of just my favorite thing in the world is building and growing things so i guess my initial reaction is just to start building something Um, and either it's something that I like or, and it takes off or it's something that I'm like, ah, this isn't as fun as I thought it would be. And on to the next.
1: Is that a pretty big guiding principle for you? The joy element of whatever you're building?
0: I'd say that's, that's number one. Um, if it's not something that makes me happy, I don't see the point in doing it. Uh, when we first got on the call, you were asking, you know, do I like Mondays? Uh, I I love every day that I'm at work. I don't feel like it's work at all. I just, I'm here just building, and I get to see something new happen every single day, and I love it. Are so you I,
1: okay I think, if the thing you love doesn't produce a lot of income, or do you work until you find something that you love that also has a, has a real fit in the market that, that is exciting as
0: well? Uh, I mean, the income portion is, is obviously something that's important, uh, but I would say that I would default to the, the joy of the business more than the income, in all honesty. I mean, even with Safe Life Defense, it's not the income that I, that that drives this. It's truly the building and growing things. Yeah. Um, so I, I see the the income as as secondary, really.
1: Cool. So once you start that website, where does it go from there?
0: So after that point, it kind of ends up taking a life of its own. Um, whatever, if it's a service-oriented industry, if it's a product, whatever it is. Um, it just kind of builds upon itself. I'm really not a person who's big on five-year plans or planning out exactly what needs to happen to to bring something to life because uh, I feel like that eliminates your agility and kind of makes you think in one certain direction where I really like to just go where things take me, use my instincts, um, and just build from... However, that naturally happens.
1: Yeah. So how did, you, how did you go about getting your first customer?
0: So in the case of Safe Life Defense, um, this was a higher-end product and required a lot of income. Um, so for this one, after building the website, figuring out what we're going to do and kind of working on some very early prototypes, the next thing that I needed to do was to raise some, some funding to make this happen. Um, and in this case, it was going through a crowdfunding campaign, um, which also was a, is a really great way of starting your business as well. Because to make a successful crowdfunding campaign, you have to really go heavy on that marketing and really get out there with who you are and what you stand for. Um, and having it force you to do that really sets you up for success in the future.
1: Yeah, so let's talk about that. There's been a few people that have done crowdfunding, and I would love just for other people listening to this that may want to do the same thing. Could you speak more to about what you learned and how to successfully do it? Right. Cause you could, you could put a crowdfunding thing out there and nobody listens, nobody contributes and you're super discouraged. You go home or you could do it maybe a little smarter. Like it sounds like with you, with, with marketing in mind, what are some tips you would give to somebody to, to successfully do a crowdfunding campaign?
0: So the first thing I would say is definitely look at any successful crowdfunding campaign that's out there, and really see what they're doing and yeah. put that into your your brand and your company. I mean, looking at those, the the inspiration I got from all those crowdfunding campaigns really led to what we in it, we ended up putting out. Um, so I, I'd say research what was has already worked, um, and then really go heavy on high production content around your campaign if you're doing cell phone videos which in some cases work brilliantly um it won't it that doesn't mean it'll work on crowdfunding that needs to be a high production value thought out really tell who you are what your benefit is and what you want to be um yeah. then you got to share that on social yeah big time. social social for us is is huge
1: so let's go let's talk about you guys specifically when you're creating your crowdfunding campaign what was your definition of here's who we are and here's how we're different or here's the unique thing that we're we're doing
0: well the part about being unique was pretty it was pretty easy and actually it still is to this day because i don't build products based upon what i think the market wants i build it based upon what i personally want. And that kind of sounds funny, mm. uh, but that's how I keep a lot of that joy involved in all, all the products that I make. And it really makes it very easy to talk about why I made this, what its benefits are, because I don't build it for anybody else but myself. So I have this true personal connection to every single thing that, that we make and ever will make.
1: So educate me a little bit because I know nothing about the body armor world, right? What was What currently exists or did exist and then what did you create
0: for yourself that you, you liked better? Sure. So at that time, there were a whole number of things. Um, first, to buy body armor, it was an extremely, extremely complicated process. Uh, most places would only sell it to law enforcement, even though it was truly needed in like EMS security and civilians as well. Um, and then they were all custom fitted. So you'd have to have someone come out. It would take eight to 10 weeks to get it, then half the time when you get it, it doesn't fit. Uh, What I did was I put a lot of research into set sizing so that we could really take this into the modern world and sell it online in in e-commerce and get it out same day. Um, While at the same time, I noticed most armor would only protect against either handguns or knives um, so what we did was we rolled it all in together. So we made a multi-threat vest that takes care of the common threats, handguns and shotguns, but also defends against strikes, slashes, stabs, tasers, and armor-piercing ammunition. Um, wow. So with the set sizing and the increased uh, and the significantly increased threat level, um, it put it in a very unique segment of the market. Plus, by not having to have people come out and do all these custom fittings and being able to have these set sizes, the price was also... Much more affordable, so we ended up having uh, something that you get much quicker, that's much more affordable, and has significantly more protection. So it kind of, a- wow, on, on all accounts.
1: How do you even go about working or collaborating, finding, and then collaborating with the right people that on the technology side that could even create the body armor and what you need it to do against certain level of threats? How did that even happen?
0: So when I started Safe Life, I knew nothing about body armor at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. And in most cases, when I start something, I really don't. And that's kind of part of the, the fun of it is doing something new and learning. Um, so in this case, I mean, and in every case, you can use the Internet to find anything, learn anything and 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 just build. So, I mean, we're able to find uh, manufacturers of certain types of material, um, have a, a man, Well, basically, we'll be able to find those materials then we can source someone to manufacture them. Uh, and then we, we do them in our own custom design. It takes a lot of testing. Um, and we are going much, much farther away from having any third party produce things now that we've built up. And most of those things are now produced in-house. Um, but there's someone out there to help you with, with anything. Just the internet's the greatest resource in the world.
1: I love that. And uh, the reason I'm asking you such specific questions is, that, is I can already tell one of the gifts of who you are is, there's not much resistance between idea and just figuring it out for you. Whereas some people have an idea and they get overwhelmed by what they don't know, or they say, well, I don't have any unique knowledge of this industry. I can't act on it. And that doesn't seem to be in your head. You seem to just assume I can figure it out. Is that
0: right? <laughs> yeah. And I, I would say that uh, that applies for pretty much, pretty much everything. Um, and, and again, I mean, having the internet out there, I don't think there's anything you can't figure out nothing in the world. You, you just you wouldn't be able to learn. So I I really encourage people to just jump in and, and give it a shot. Yeah. The worst case is you're in the same spot. You are now best case. It it ends up, (laughs) you end up being on the ink.
1: Yeah. Did you have, did you have some ideas that didn't pan
0: out? Oh, I mean, hundreds and hundreds over (laughs) the course of my lifetime. I mean, I, I, I mean, I remember my first business being in third grade with kind of making my own school store. Um, from that time on, I mean, there have been many, many, many things that uh that didn't pan out. How
1: do you build All up those a?
0: Things...
1: How do you build up a? Uh, I don't know if I'd say callous, but a a uh, a comfort, uh, comfortability with failing. You know, uh, how do you, how do you actually go about not being overly attached to any one loss?
0: Well, I mean, failures and mistakes are probably the best thing that can happen to you. I mean, those are the best ways to learn. Um, they can, I mean, as long, as long as the risk on it isn't too high. And when you're first starting a company, especially if you're just building websites and kind of seeing where it goes, there's there's not really any risk there, maybe four or five dollars a month. Um, and I think you just have to see these failures as, as learning experiences and being able to move on to the next. I mean, if you just expect that that's going to be what happens and it's just something you have to live with. It's yeah. really not that big a deal. So I mean, you're I, playing I, the long
1: game, right? Like in your mind, you're committed to chasing your curiosity, th- you know, seeing ideas out, but you're playing the long game that over, over the long haul, something's going to work out that I, that I love and am passionate about versus playing the short term. Like all my eggs are in this basket. If this doesn't work out, I don't know
0: what I'm going to do. Right. Well, it's funny, you, I'd say yes. And it's funny you mentioned that as, as well, um, because one of the, the most impactful things that anyone has ever said to me um, was when I was first starting Safe Life, when we were putting everything into this Kickstarter. Um, at the time, I was $40,000 in debt, which was massive for me back then. Um, and I had put everything into this. Uh, My girlfriend at the time, who is now my marketing director and newly fiancé, told me at the time that, hey, you're already all in. Like, why would you hold anything back? Like, just go for it. So I I did. And since that day, I was not worried about it again. We knew, okay, we're risking everything here. That's already done. So you may as well just keep pushing. I mean, if it fails, you're kind of screwed anyway. So you may as well do the best that you can.
1: Yeah. So tell me about when you launched that, the crowdfunding, what was the response to it and how did that help or change your business?
0: So, I mean, the response to the crowdfunding campaign was better than I had expected. Um, I had a lot of support from friends and family, but through that social, through our social media accounts, we had a lot of support from random people as well. Um, And that was just fantastic to see. Um, One thing I didn't expect was that since I had built this website and had the crowdfunding campaign, that people – I'd say like three-quarters of the people weren't actually buying on the crowdfunding campaign. They were going to the website, hmm. which is great, but it's also a problem with crowdfunding because if you don't hit your goal, you don't get that funding. So all of a sudden, I'm starting to realize, oh, crap, like we're not going to hit our goal because <laughs> everyone's just buying it on the website, which was fantastic, but we had to try and push people that other direction and that – that was kind of stressful. I mean, I would still, to this day, I'd still have a website because I think it makes it easier for people to purchase, but that was, uh, that was scary.
1: Yeah. That's an interesting problem. I, I don't imagine you foresee <laughs> foreseeing happening, right? They would just skip the crowdfunding, go straight to the website, which screws up your goals. Um, what did you do? What did you do with the $15,000? What was that used for?
0: All that went into inventory purchase as well as what we had sold on the website. So that, that funded, um, our first round of inventory, Um, and then everything has
1: been bootstrapped from there. Wow. So tell me about that first year, let's say starting from the end of the crowdfunding, what was that next year like for the business?
0: So when, when that crowdfunding was completed, uh, well, actually let me go a little bit before that. So this was all out of my kitchen table. I had like six roommates at the time that were paying the rent. So I could focus on this all, all, all day, every day. Um, once that crowdfunding campaign was successful, I just didn't have any capacity to actually ship these things out. So we ended up getting this little tiny warehouse that, uh, that was absolutely run down, beat up and, uh, moved in. We fixed it up because I just, I had to live in there basically. So we fixed it up and, uh, started getting our our shipments into this little thing. I mean, my girlfriend and myself at the time figured out how to pack all these boxes. We didn't have any integration or anything, so we had to hand type every address and, uh, it just kind of progressed and built up from there so we just really got out of the out of the kitchen table moved in this little warehouse um and then kept building up from there every six months and to this day we end up expanding wow
1: so is the is the primary customer for you an individual a civilian or is it a local police uh unit or ems like who's the who's the who's your biggest customer
0: so uh, at first we cr- I created Safe Life Defense specifically for EMS and security. Um, like I was telling you before, you had to be law enforcement. It was very difficult to get, and these were two dangerous jobs that were not provided body armor. So the entire premise at the beginning was to sell directly towards security and uh, security officers and um, EMTs, um, which went really well. Um, we started saving lives, which was incredible. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it started building into any type of profession and any individual who would need body armor, including large government contracts and uh, entire EMS providers also. So, I mean, really you'll, you'll see our armor absolutely anywhere that, that there's a first responder. Wow. How did you, how
1: did you get their attention? How did you, what marketing did you use to get those people's
0: attention to consider you? That was all social. Social is ex- incredibly powerful, um, and nearly every single person—that's every type of customer—is on some sort of social platform. Um, the way that you're able to target, the way that the AI learns on these platforms, is unbelievable. Uh, I mean, social media—if you—if you're not using it, you absolutely should be because it'll—it'll just—it'll change your life, and you can do anything in the world with it. Wow what
1: was the biggest challenge that you had to overcome for this company to grow?
0: Ooh, uh, the, the biggest challenge isn't in, in my opinion, growing the company, it's keeping up with the growth and finding people that will pull the company forward with, with us instead of us having to pull employees forward it you bring em, ad, bring employees up to speed um it, we end up outgrowing space websites i mean anything that is part of this business we end up outgrowing and it's really hard to to manage that that's that's always been our our biggest struggle
1: interesting uh is that a challenge that's still there today or something that you feel like you've you've found a solution to
0: I honestly don't think that we're ever going to overcome that. Um, I think the only way that that can be overcome is if we slow down. And I really don't want to do that. Um, So so, uh, I think that will always be a challenge. And as we get bigger, as we grow, uh, we start to build a fantastic network of employees and people that are supporting us and that they, they start bringing people that they think are Great fits over to us, and and that's fantastic. But keeping up still is something we we really struggle with.
1: Yeah, what's the size of the team right now that that supports Safe Life?
0: So right now, I believe it's about 110 people. Holy crap! Yeah, that was uh. <laughs> so it's you already it, got it,
1: 110 it, employees.
0: Yeah, we got one hundred and ten employees now. We're—I uh, just designed a one hundred forty thousand square foot new facility for us that we built from the ground up and should be done next month. And really excited to get everyone in there. As of right now, we're in like we're in a couple different buildings. And I down in the warehouse where I'm sitting right now, we literally have box sports set up because we just don't have space for people. So they're down wow. the warehouse. We just have box offices separating them, and uh, that's kind of part of what safe life is like every single day here is totally different
1: holy crap man you're you're such a like a ho-hum like humble kind of guy that <laughs> I, I was not expecting it to have grown to that level of infrastructure and 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 that size I, I, i'm i'm taking aback, man uh again to your credit like you just you're such a humble guy and you tell the story so nonchalantly Uh, But man, you've had to do some serious work to go from just you out of your kitchen to this massive warehouse houses with this many employees. I mean, that's amazing.
0: Yeah. I mean, but it is. And it's something that I don't really step back and look at very often um, because I don't feel like, like I was saying before, I don't feel like it's been work. Like this is what I do for fun. Like I just like building and growing things. I mean, for me, it feels like a big game and like, sim city or something yeah Um, it's just it's just fun so it just seems to be the hardest thing i've ever done yet in some ways the easiest
1: yeah 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 that's what i'm curious about is is the personal evolution that you might have had to go through right like the business grows and requires us to grow with it you know grow as a leader grow as a person Uh, you know, see blind spots and figure out what to do with those blind spots and all that kind of stuff. Tell me a little bit about your personal evolution. Like, where has this business challenged you to grow since starting it
0: into where you are now? Ooh, I'd say I am a significantly different person than I was five years ago when when Safe Life was was getting started. Um, I wouldn't say based not on my personality, but the way in which I've learned to manage my own emotions and how to respond to others um that's been a something big that I've had to learn um and that continues every day I mean as of right now this is the farthest I've ever gotten anything I mean I've never set up warehouses I've never designed buildings I've never done products I mean every day I have to learn and if I don't the company will outgrow me too so it's just it's constant and I I love I love a challenge I love to learn so it just it works out.
1: That's so good. Yeah. I love that, man. Uh, That EQ, right. That emotional intelligence is so critical. The more the pressure gets on because the more we feel pressure, the more, the more it can affect our emotional state. And then that gets transferred to the team or, you know, it can create some dysfunction. So for you, where did you feel that initially where you're saying, man, I've got to figure out a better way of, 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 managing the pressure or the stress, how was it coming out in a way that you realized you needed to to kind of up your game in that
0: area? Uh, When I start upsetting people very, very often. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. So I'm someone who really pushes forward. I see a problem. I want to fix it. Right. And I don't, I wouldn't consider other people's thoughts and feelings on that. At all. I assumed that everybody was like me. They see a problem. Let's fix it. Let's stay up all night. Let's do it. Let's yeah. do whatever. Um, that's not the case. It is for some people, but that's not the case. And even for the people that it is, it can still be very intense. So being able to get that intensity across without making people basically hate me uh, was something I had to learn. So yeah. uh, it, it's come a long way, but there's also a point where I don't want it to, to go away because that's part of what I think pushes us. So there's, I think there's always this balance that I'm, I'm teetering back and forth with, with some one yeah. day I'm like, Oh, that was a bit much the other day. I was like, all right, that was great. And sometimes like, well, I like, I know better than that. So it's, it's a constant, constant growing yeah. struggle. That's
1: oh, what's so fascinating to me about personalities is everyone comes with an inherent strength. And then it's also got an inherent weakness, right? And yes. it's it's like, you gotta have both. So we, you, you don't wanna disregard the strength because like you're saying, that's a lot of what's caused the growth. It's a lot of what makes you, you and makes this company successful is that you're hard charging, is that you're likely unemotional around certain decisions and the pace at which you're comfortable pursuing ideas, all has made this company successful. Yeah, the other time, uh, it could probably lead to, not considering someone's feelings or, you know, taking the time to understand where they're coming from with an objection or thinking through the relational dynamic when you're just thinking about the goals. Right. Uh, so it's that, like you said, it's that dance of like, how do I maybe balance that part of my personality or work on that without losing the edge that I think I, you know, really is, is, is a competitive advantage in this business. Is that, is that kind of what you're saying?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. One hundred percent. And we and just recently we started also looking into um, doing personality tests with our key employees and new employees as well, which really like Myers-Briggs is unbelievably accurate. I mean, even if anyone listening like do it just for fun and you'll be so surprised at how accurate that result is on you. Um, So that allows us to have a bit of background information on how I can work with somebody um, and who would be a great fit for that role.
1: Yeah. Interesting. So is that, is that the assessment that you guys are using as Myers-Briggs right now?
0: Yes. Yeah. And that's something that we just recently started.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. One of my co-founder, the co- the company I run is a Myers-Briggs Jedi and I didn't like, I actually, I'll be honest. I didn't like it at first, but I realized it was because I had a, a shitty practitioner, like whoever first introduced me to it, <laughs> didn't know <laughs> what they were doing. And so it was like, all right, that's kind of true of me. But the moment it was like years ago, the moment he started talking to me about my letters and my combinations, I was like, that is how I feel. That is how I, <laughs> yeah. you know, it was mm. unbelievable. So what applications are you guys using it
0: for right now? Uh, personally, I mean, our a lot of my team leaders are using it to identify people that they think would be good candidates for whatever roles they're they're looking for. Um, for me, I like kind of. Just learning about people and see and really just kind of getting that overview and just seeing all the different types of people that are out there because I mean yeah. there's there's no lack of different types of people so for me it's more educational um, I'm still gonna be the way that I am and I am fully aware of that but uh, just kind of helps me understand how other what's, people think and how what's your letter combination? I don't know what my my actual letter combination is but it's uh, classified as a debater. Okay. Which is very very true. <laughs> It's like an ENTP or something. I that would be my guess.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My guess would be an ENTP or an ENTJ. Um, man, that is so fascinating. I love, I love when people go on the self discovery journey because it opens your eyes to your, to who you are, to be even a better version of you. But it, like you said, it also opens your eyes to other people and how they see the world and how that can be a gift as well. Like, not just how do I get along, but like how could we, utilize that for the team or for, or for the company because of that unique personality,
0: right? Absolutely. And I mean, there's, there's a point in every business where if you don't have good people and you can't work together, that there's no way that that's going to be successful. So uh, biggest asset is your team. So if understanding them and having them understand you is absolutely key.
1: Yeah. Let's talk about that. How, what, what was that journey like for you, assembling, uh, assembling a team that, that you can really trust and that Uh, you enjoy working
0: with well i was extremely lucky to have had um a very brilliant girlfriend that i that i met when i was first starting safe life defense who is kind of like a magical genius in in marketing and kind of understanding how people are just with no no real training no real cause Um, And she really helped pull together our brand and where we're going to go. Then I also had a friend who jumped on board later on who helped me build out the infrastructure. Um, And then I also got a content creator um, who was able to tell our story and really build what we were looking for. So we had this little perfect group of four people. Uh, you know, I could make sure we went in this direction. We had the marketing, we had the tech side and the, and all that building. We had the creative and the four of us were able to build this company for the first, I think, year and a half and got us to a, a couple million dollars just alone. And then from there, wow. we started having to build on warehouse and learn all these other things um, that just, they they never stop. But uh, having that, that key group, especially at the beginning, to set the foundation is, is really, really important. I I mean, I'd say when you first, when you make those first hires, make sure they're they're people that you can get along with, but also genuinely be friends with, because at that level, I mean, you're not coming into a big corporate environment. You're, you're sitting down at the kitchen table and you guys are, are doing work, but you have to be true friends.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, also in that stage, people have to be generalists, right? Where there's a, you probably each almost like a Navy SEAL team. They're, they're kind of interesting where Navy SEALs will be trained for specific tasks. Like you're the medic, you're the operation commander, or whatever, but they also have to be able to do everybody else's job yeah. in case somebody goes down. Right. And Absolutely. early on in a company, you have to wear multiple hats all the time, like jump in and help with shipping or jump in over there and help with that customer satisfaction or whatever. Um, that can create some chaos. So, What was the key to the four of you that initial year, first year and a half? What were some of the keys to you guys working really well and efficiently together?
0: It was, uh, I wouldn't say we worked efficiently together at first. I I definitely wouldn't say that. I would say that it was a struggle. But being able to communicate and overcome those struggles and to just work toward the same goal and and trust each other as friends was really a big thing like seriously at the beginning i think that if you guys can't be personal friends it, it just you're gonna have issues um that's
1: so the strength the str- yeah i think you're absolutely right i've seen the same thing in my business and many others it's that 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 personal relationship is a strong fabric of connection that helps you navigate the tension of business and the overlook or not overlooking but having grace for the other person like I understand your heart in this. Let's figure out. Let's work. Let's work together to figure this out, right? Yeah. So good. Uh, well, man, f- I'm, I'm curious now for you. With so much going on, you've got so many people that are working for you. The company is growing like crazy. What is a What does a typical day look like in your life? And how do you manage all that you've got going on?
0: That's a That's a good question because I'm. I wouldn't say that I'm the be a little out of the norm in comparison to other people that you might talk with um, I don't have an incredibly structured day um, I really feel that having the ability to adapt and to make to keep the company agile is key so I'll do whatever tasks I have for the day and put out any fires that I have and then kind of Explore certain departments and see where I can improve, what I need to build, see how the teams are doing, and really take action on on the spot. Um, that's something that that people, some people, highly dislike, but the results have been really fantastic. Um, but it, it does create this sort of chaotic environment where you may have a plan for the day, then all of a sudden everything is just upended and and changes. Um, But that's one of the reasons why that's in every single job application we have that like adaptability is key, like things will change every single day, you may be in one place one day, but totally, totally different the very next or even that same day. Yeah,
1: well, that's what I was gonna ask is that is that kind of the mo just for you? Or is that also true for the other key leaders that they have a similar uh, expectation of how they're going to work?
0: So I'd say most of the key leaders have an expectation of how they're going to work. And that creates some of that, uh, at least that day-to-day stability and, and sustainability. Um, but they also know how I work at this point and also will, will adapt as, as necessary also. Got it. Got it.
1: What are you guys pushing for right now as a company? What's, what's the current thing that you're striving for?
0: So over the past year with COVID, the inauguration, and all that social chaos. Sales were through the roof, and keeping up has been our biggest challenge. Now that that's settling down, we may have gained a year in revenue and customers, but we lost a year in product development and internal growth, um, and our really, really our or in, in our organization. Um, So right now it's really getting out our new products that we've been working on as quickly as possible. We have like six or seven of them Um, and really kind of regrouping with our teams and getting our structure set because it was, it was total chaos for, for a year.
1: Have you guys been able to catch up to that demand that was created last year or is it still, still having to, to, to kind of rush to keep up?
0: We're caught up to the, the to the demand now. We caught up probably at the beginning of the year, or okay. probably around Black Friday. Um, now it's catching up on everything that we missed out for that past year, which is uh, which is a challenge.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It makes total sense. You got so busy just keeping up with demand, you 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 can't work on in the business kind of things, right? The exactly. Future development or just the health of the team or figuring out some internal systems. So now this is the year that you're hoping to be able to have enough margin to focus on those kinds of things?
0: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that that's definitely what we're focusing on now and really making sure that we're, we're also as efficient as possible because through all that, it was much less about efficiency and more about putting out fires.
1: Yeah. I'm curious, what's the one thing, that you, you you didn't see coming as you look back at this journey some of it you could forecast what, what are some curveballs you just couldn't see coming
0: the um you know honestly i didn't see any of it coming none of it <laughs> <laughs> none of it um yeah. i don't think i mean there's always like a picture in your mind that one day it's gonna be this big it's gonna be i'll be able to do this and that but not so quick and never like thought how to get there it's just I it's just making sure I really it's just maintaining that flexibility and agility yeah. so I mean it's it, yeah really kind of it's almost like everything is unseen
1: yeah yeah what do you think that the business is asking of you right now to grow and develop next to get to to get to whatever the next is what do you think the business is asking you personally to kind of grow and evolve
0: right now uh, I think the company needs for me to be um, generally who I am and make sure that we build a leadership team uh, to maintain that stability so that I can kind of do my chaotic sort yeah. of changes without upending everything on our and our daily operations because at this point, um, you know, if I make a change, it used to be where, hey, let's let's rip down the warehouse and change the entire thing and it could be done in an hour. That's not the case anymore. So uh, kind of balancing my passion for growth and that stability. Um, Super is, cool. Is key and, and making sure that we put in the right leaders and make sure they're in the right mindset is is the most important thing, I believe.
1: Oh, man. Well, yeah, I want to champion. want to champion your self-awareness on that, that. That what so you're a true visionary, like you love the creative process, a creative kind of person, right? And that's an intuitive part in the EN, ENTP and And it's often what starts a company and gets it its initial growth, but at some point becomes a hindrance because of the radical changes that can happen, right? Mm-hmm. The switching of focus, the hey, let's try this, let's try this. And then other times, they, the company can try to squash that personality versus finding the real marriage exactly how do you get out of get out of certain things and have somebody else like you said see to the day-to-day operations and logistics stay on track but let you be you let you be the visionary let you be creative let you brainstorm because you're going to see what's coming next or you're going to see the heart of what the company's trying to accomplish and uh and so you want to stay there while also recognizing that the company needs some more stability so i want to champion that self-awareness that's brilliant buddy
0: (laughs) well thank you yeah and uh yeah <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's yeah. just there's just so that just hits so much at once that yeah i don't know what to say but yeah
1: yeah thank you. yeah man i'm telling cause again i work with so many people that i i get sad to t- i see two different gutters for your type of personality I, if like bowling alley has two different gutter lanes right one is the company seeks to i use this word to neuter that personality like cut the cut off the mm-hmm. thing that makes you you or the other person insists on being themselves without dealing with what the the balance of what the company needs. And so they just keep creating chaos versus the marriage is you are you in the best possible way, bringing your unique ability to the business. Yet you brought in a few personalities that know how to filter at times, some of the ideas for later. And let's get to what we said we we're going to do to today. Does that make yep, sense?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. That's awesome. And I think one of the things that helped make that happen as well is that it's it's really important Uh, I think to spend, especially with key people, the first couple months letting them do what they do, kind of learning who they are. And then from that point, you you see their potential, what they can do. And then it's kind of then the next month or so is really kind of instilling my personality, what I'm looking for, what the company is looking for into them so that they can do that on their own. They're not surprised and they know what direction we need to go so I don't have to come in with chaos so often that they kind of can predict that and
1: help.
0: I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll know when (laughs) they'll know when that's coming or they'll know when to ask for it too. Uh, When someone gets stuck or whenever they have a problem, they can say, Hey, I need help. And then come in and just kind of rustle things up. And all of a sudden something that they've been working on for months can just be fixed instantly uh, just by kind of making sure it gets seen in a, a different way.
1: Love it, man. I love it. So one of uh, one of my favorite quotes is this uh, guy named Josh Waitzkin. Uh, he used to be a chess prodigy back in the day. They based the movie Searching for Bobby Fischer uh, off of him. And he's gone on to have an amazing career in all sorts of different things. And he said, um, every brilliant person he's ever met also is extremely eccentric. And he said, the ones that have been able to succeed are the ones who have figured out a way to build their business around their eccentricity. Right? So they, they almost like hacked the system. They're like, mm-hmm. okay, I know, I'm, I know I'm eccentric in these ways, but what if we could build it around this and that actually be a, a strength of the business we're doing? Uh, for instance, like Tim Ferriss, the guy that wrote The 4-Hour Work Week, he realized he was insanely ADD, and he thought that was something that he had to kind of cut out of his life, the fact that he would be interested in this for a day, then interested in this, and then he started his podcast as a way for him just to chase his add nature like i want to i want to ask this and i want to interview them and i want to interview them and it turned into a business right and i see you doing the same thing with safe life which is you're kind of harnessing some of that raw passion creativity agile you've used that word a lot like we want to be agile we want to be able to, to flex here and there and you've kind of built your business around your eccentricity so that the brilliance of who you are can come through
0: Well, thank you. And uh, yeah, I I would say so. And it's funny you mentioned uh, the ADD and being here, you know, all over the place um, and how that's something that he ended up harnessing. Um, I would say that I had a similar story. And that's something that I struggled with through school, Uh, through high school and college. I, you know, in certain things, I would just end up falling asleep. Like if it wasn't something that I was hyper focused in. Yeah. Basically, as, as I was growing up, there were there were two modes. It was either hyper focus or sleep. (laughs) Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I could go from an architectural design class and and be doing everybody's work and loving it and skipping skipping uh, lunch to go do more, or go into a math class and go from such high energy to within two minutes, literally passed out drooling on the desk. Um, struggled with that in college as well. I ended up uh, ended up failing out of college actually. Yeah. Um, we ended up going to uh, community college, getting back and graduating on time. But there definitely was a very large struggle with that for, for a long time. And kind of safe life has allowed me to, again, harness all that, be all over the place, put my hyper focus into wherever I am, cause a little bit of chaos here and there, and, and really turn it into something that's, that's beneficial. Um, yeah. That, that was something difficult to deal with as I was younger.
1: Oh, my God. I barely graduated college. And <laughs> yeah. similar to you, it's not because of, of an intellectual deficiency there were just nine times out of 10 I was in the class that you were talking about that made me fall asleep. And Mm -hmm. one time out of 10, I had something grab my attention. And I didn't know how to work with my personality at that point. You know, I didn't know how to, how to rig the game in a sense for you. How do you think about your ADD now? How do you, how do you manage that?
0: Uh, I don't think about it one bit. That's part of, part of who I am. And It's just, I accept it. I understand that there's certain things that I will be hyper-focused on and everything else in the world will be dead to me. Uh, And and my my key team understands that and they know that. So they know when I'm working on a certain project, the results are going to be very large and that they have to pick up where I may have left off. And that's part of that that can really upset certain people. But if you understand that and understand that it's going to turn into something good, uh, more often than not, at least, um, that, that they'll support that. And they let me, they let me be me.
1: So if it's a, if it's a conversation or an area of the business that just does not have your focus that, you know, you're just bored by, do you just delegate that? Is that, is that the workaround having other good people take that?
0: Yeah, there's a, there was there was a, a quote, I'm not sure who said it, but it was only do your superpower. Uh, you know, you're, you're much better off focusing on what you are amazing at than trying to do something that you're forcing yourself to do. Uh, So in that case, yes, I'll delegate it off. I'll do my best to find the person that will fit that and put my vision into it. Um, And then if I come back to it later and I see that it's uh, not working out or to the level of excellence I would, I would expect uh, then it's time for some chaos. And then that'll either be fixed or we'll have to revamp everything, but uh, that, that does work out. That's awesome,
1: man. It's cool that it sounds like for the most part, you've been able to do that from the beginning, right? Uh, not the true beginning, but like early on in the business, you kind of had that idea in your mind and made sure and you, you built the business around your unique ability that way versus a lot of people. It's like later in the, in the, I mean, I'll talk to founders who are like, I'll say, what what percentage of your time do you think you're spending doing your unique ability, your superpower? And they'll say like 20%. I'm like, so eight? Uh-huh. 80% of the time you're doing something that's not your superpower? And they're like, yeah. And they have to then work their way out of so many different things they're entangled in in the business versus starting off with that mindset and kind of building as you go like that. Am it, I it might, it might characterized that right for you? or
0: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think the only thing that would be uh, – that I might uh, object to is that I knew what I was doing. I, I can. Okay. <laughs> I don't think I can take credit for that by any means. Um, really, I think it's more just following instincts. And if instincts say, this is what I do, that's what I do. I don't really see it as, this is, I, I, it's, yeah, I, I really follow instincts more than anything. And that leads to where we're at. And then I think as I grow as a person and as the business grows and I bring on more people, that's when you start, I start to realize, oh, well, that's, I'm glad that worked out that way. Like that's what was actually going on. Um, but I, I really don't think that it was a conscious thing at the time.
1: I love it. I love the, I love the humility in that answer too. (laughs) The only thing I object to is I didn't know what I was doing. Oh, that's so refreshing. All right, buddy, let's jump into the lightning round questions and I'll let you get back to your day. So question number one, if you could ingrain one message into your entire organization, what would that message be?
0: Ooh, well, I think that I'm so focused on growth and the future of the company that I often forget to celebrate my team's accomplishments. Um, And I'd like them to know that I'm incredibly proud of them and that each and every one of them have contributed majorly to what we have built today and that each and every one of them are responsible for for having a very large part in saving the hundreds of lives that we have. Um, You know, I'm just I'm so proud of everyone here and they're really doing work that is meaningful. I mean, if. If everything just went away tomorrow, we saved hundreds of lives. And that's, I mean, that's incredible. Even if it was just one, it's totally worth it.
1: Ah, Super cool. All right. Question number two, what is the single best advice you've ever gotten about growing your business? And also what was the worst?
0: The, the, the game changer for me was when I first started this company and I was getting, and I touched on it a little bit before, Uh, when I was first starting this company and I had so much into it and, I was holding back just a little bit because I was like, well, what if this doesn't work? Being told you're already in, so what's the point in holding anything back? Changed my life. I said, Come on. Great. You're absolutely right. What's the point? Right now, if it fails, I'm screwed anyway. So let's <laughs> let's do everything we can to make this the best possible. And I, I think that's carried over still. Um, so that that changed my life. And for the worst, it's something that I constantly hear uh, It's that I need to slow down. And when is enough enough? And do you really need it to be like, no, 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 like that. I hear it all the time. And just no. Get out of my way. <laughs> <laughs>
1: all right. Number three, what causes you the most worry or stress leading your organization?
0: Overall, I would say I have so much fun with this company. And I, I think that we can problem solve and get through almost anything. And I think that we can come back from pretty much anything as well. I'd say the, the worry that comes up is pretty extreme. And that's like an uncontrollable catastrophic situation that just, there's no coming back from that. Just there's, there's no possible way. Um, Just basically an ultimate failure. Um, Anything else along the way can be fixed and solved. So that doesn't worry me. It's just, one big one the black swan event huh yeah
1: all right question number four what is your b-hag, your big hairy
0: audacious goal Ooh, there are so many of them um i like to build and grow things and i have so many visions but to do that uh i think we need to hit a billion dollars in revenue within the next few years and that'll it's not about the money it's about the ability ability to to build and grow heck yeah billion dollars. I like it. I like it. That's,
1: that's big, hairy and audacious. That fits. All right. Number five is our creative question. If you could hop into a DeLorean, go back to the past and tell yourself one thing out the driver's side window, when would you go back and what would you tell your younger self?
0: I'm going to go back just to, uh, just to look at myself and see how far I have grown. Um, assuming I have. Um, But I don't think I would tell myself anything in the world. Uh, I think that we learn from all of our mistakes and failures um, and that every problem that I overcome makes me stronger. So in all honesty, I choose to do the exact same thing over and over again, let every failure and every mistake happen and just let that happen naturally. Um, I think it's more as much as it is about building and growing a business, it, it is about building and growing personally as well.
1: Yeah, come on. Well, Nick, thank you so much for being on the podcast today, man. It's so fun to see that you did it and you did it your way. Um, and not, a, not in an arrogant way, but you found a way to trust your instincts to to bring your personality and your superpower to this business and and build it around that and other people as well as their superpower. So I've learned a lot. Uh, it's been fun and refreshing talking to you. So thank you for being here today.
0: No, you too. Thank you so much, Drew. And uh, thanks for having me here. It was, it was a lot of fun. Yes, sir founders. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and hop into our monthly founder email so we can ensure you stay on the edge of peak performance and massive business results.